New developments in northern Syria. The president ordering all U.S. troops out of the area, about 1,000, according to Defense Secretary Mark Esper. This comes as Turkey presses forward with its offensive against Kurdish fighters. Arthel, good afternoon. Major developments this weekend in northern Syria as Turkey does continue its advance. We will divide the terror corridor of 480 kilometers down the middle. We will advance 30 Hello, this is the Petty Profit Podcast. I am Joel Berry, and you are listening to part two of my discussion with Mark Studdard of Macari Designs. And I had a great discussion with him about the recent U.S. decision to pull our troops out um, of the Kurdish region of Syria in Iraq and what the ramifications might be of that. Um, so if you haven't listened to part one, I Go back and do that first, and then come back to part two. Uh, but without further ado, here is part two of my discussion with Mark Studdard. Um, so he's not above playing you know using really dirty deals and so that that, that makes you kind of mm-hmm. wonder like you know what what exact what deal did he make the united states we have um we have Injilik air force base of in southern turkey which is the one of the larger maybe the largest middle eastern air force base and it might be something along the lines of either when we're going to end your contract here um mm-hmm. or you're going to give us you know northern syria yep exactly um, exactly that's that just just knowing how Trump thinks, he's, it's it's all business with him, you know. Yeah. Um. And so there's there's got to be a you you scratch my back, I scratch yours. Yeah. And so like like you're saying, like there. I mean, there's yeah. so few troops there, uh, that really the reason he gave is ridiculous. There's there's a a, mm-hmm. a lot of different places that really, if he really wants to start ending America's wars and ending American troops dying. Syria would have not been the first place to start out of all of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, like, like I was saying, like so, when I was in Kurdistan, they, they kept me safe. They had my back and I, I kept, mm-hmm. I knowing their culture that has to be the same in Syria, like this, the Syrian Kurds, I think have the American soldiers back. They're the ones who are keeping them safe. Well, I can, I can say from my experience too, even, even in um, Iraq, you know, so I was in Fallujah yeah, and even, you know, just the culture there, um, you know, we were talking about the, that culture of hospitality. Um, you know, if you, we, <laughs> there were, there would be times we'd enter a house at 2 a.m. in the morning and we'd scare the family to death. And then we'd <laughs> tell them that you can't leave for the next 24 hours because we're watching this intersection because there's someone we're, we're after, whatever. Right. And, um, and they would, I mean, they would give us gifts and they would feed us all day and they would, you know, they'd bring out the hookah and I mean, they would cater to <laughs> everything that we ever wanted. And we'd be like, we we just broke into your house at 2 a.m. in the morning. Why are you being so nice to us? You know, it's yeah. just this it, kind of the, that if you're in my house, then you are under my protection. You're my responsibility, even extended to people who wouldn't necessarily be considered, you know, um, our friends. It was it was really remarkable. It was really really incredible to experience. When you were in Iraq, did you ever uh, see any Kurdish fighters or uh, work with any of them? Um, not 
not that I'm aware of. I mean, I may have. We we worked with a lot of Terps. Uh, not sure as to the nationality of the Terps, but we love the you know our interpreters. Yeah. Um, we we were heavily involved in training the Iraqi forces there. Um, trigger happy bunch of guys. Um, <laughs> and um, yeah, as far as I know, you know, no, um, no personal run-ins with with Kurdish people there. Yeah. I mean, it was. I mean, even being there, it was also confusing. I mean, you never knew who was shooting at you and why. Um, and, and there would be, there were people fighting with each other all the time too. Um, and, and you never really knew, I'm sure some of the higher level strategic people and the officers had a better idea of what was going on in the region. But for a a grunt like me, it was just, it was such a confusing (laughs) situation. It's just a mess. It really is a lot of people killing each other and fighting over there. Yeah, this is all, this is just hearsay, but from my conversations with American uh, soldiers I met in uh, in Iraq that had also served in very, several deployments in Iraq, they had, they, every single one of them that I talked to mentioned how much safer they felt with uh, the Kurdish soldiers and how, and that they said they, I've actually talked to one guy who had served in Afghanistan and Iraq, multiple deployments in both places, and it just said that the Kurds were probably of the number one of uh, ethnic fighters that he felt safest with i uh, said when they wow. when they uh when they agreed to go with you you know they had your back there was not gonna be any infighting wow. among them yeah that was that was one definitely one element of iraq where you it didn't matter who the person was um if they weren't uh, one of your marines you could not trust them right you know you never knew who was going to turn on you um so that's that's interesting, and so from what I understand, you you didn't just live on among the Kurds. You you also spent some time in Turkey as well. Is that true? Yes, uh, yeah. So um, I that's kind of interesting backstory is how I got to Kurdistan. Um, I was working in Turkey at a private school teaching English, and that is the first place that I even heard the name Kurd. I never I had never crossed. Um, the name Kurd or the culture before. And when I was working in Turkey, um, I heard the word Kurd often, uh, quite often in a negative sense. Um, When I first arrived, Hmm. I was talking with uh, some Turkish people and this was in a bigger city. So it was more educated and they're more liberal minded, but they they told me about the Kurds and explained Hmm. that Turkey has kind of, uh, been in a struggle with them for uh, as long as they've been alive. And then I talked to some other Turks who were a little less open-minded and the Kurds were baby killers. I was like, I mean, like all Kurds. And that's often how you hear them. The rhetoric that they use in Turkey is the Kurds are baby killers. Wow. Uh, And that goes back to the roots of the PKK and the terrorism that they have. PKK has used terrorist um, attacks to push their agenda. But at the same wow. time, to me, it just it didn't make sense. The entire people group could be all baby killers and all terrorists. And so it really piqued my interest. Um, and w- I started doing some research and looking them up. And I found out an organization that I really wanted to work with just happened to be in the Kurdish region. And I said, OK, that's where I'm going. And so I spent the next year <laughs> applying and trying to go to the Kurds specifically because I 
um, wanted to work with them. Um, so my background in Turkey actually kind of, I feel gives me, um, a, a really unique, op, uh, perspective because I've not only have I lived with the Turks, but I've also with the Kurds and now they're both at odds with each other. Mm -hmm. And it's trying to like, I'm trying mm -hmm. to, um, reconcile what I know about both people with what's happening because I met fantastic people in both countries. The Turks are amazing. Yeah. I love them. And it's one of the most beautiful countries I've ever traveled in. I, I, I love it mm -hmm. there. And most of the Turks I know um, want, the, want the exact same thing as the, the Kurds I know, is they want their kids to grow up in a safe country where they have equal opportunity to do whatever they want. That's that's really all anybody wants, you know, no matter where you go. Yeah. Um, the, it's just the, the common human desire to just live a quiet, peaceful life, to give your kids a, a bright future. Um, and that's y y that exists everywhere, yeah. you know? And so where I, where I kind um, of, where I kind of, um, I feel sad for the Turks are the ones who don't agree with this war. I know they're out there cause I met some of them. I talk with them hmm. and right now, uh, Turkey is a functioning, um, uh, I call a word escaping me right now. Um, dictatorship, uh, it's no longer a Republic or a democracy of, uh, according, according to my, <laughs> my, um, of how I judge that is based on when a r current ruler changes the constitution or laws to keep himself in power. That's when you leave democracy behind. Yeah. That's happened several times in Turkey and yeah. Erdogan is now the dictator. And if anybody mm -hmm. in Turkey has any dissent or speaks out against him, they are silenced. And so yeah, that's... what the world sees now is a unified Turkey that wants to kill Kurds. And that's not true. There are Turks who do not want to kill Kurds. There are Kurds who are Turkish who do not want to kill th uh, their own people, hmm. but they're not allowed to speak out. Like I have, I had the awesome, amazing privilege to say I disagree with my president. I think he is doing the wrong thing yeah. by leaving Syria. Nobody in Turkey has that opportunity. Mm -hmm. And and it's it is true that the the individual really does get lost in kind of the international politics of everything yes. and and. We make the same mistake with um, with you know Israel and Palestine too. From what I understand, and, and I haven't been over there, but um, I've been told by many that um, there are many Israelis and Palestinians that love each other, get along just fine. But we have this, you know, we define it all, you know, from our side of the pond. We define it all by the politics, and we we think of them all as kind of this monolithic entity that is fighting against each other when that's that's not true and those individual voices kind of get drowned out in that yeah that and that's um i think that is like the most true statement you can make about the kurds is their willingness to kind of forgive and forget which is almost unheard mm. of in the middle east like you mentioned the palestinian israeli conflict yeah, that that's, has been that's they that, they'll drag out feuds for thousands it will, of years it will they'll never forget that but when i was working in kurdistan mm -hmm that Kurds, not all of them, some of them have grudges, which I completely understand. And I would, I, I, I feel sorry because some horrible things have happened. Horrible, horrible things happened to them. But some of them mm -hmm. did amazing things like forgive, uh, the Arab Iraqis who tortured and killed them. Uh, when I was, uh, starting, uh, some of my classes, there is a very well-spoken English speaking Arab, uh, who was in the Kurdish territory. And I asked him to help, uh, teach some of my classes and he did that 
And the amazing thing is the Kurds came to his class, listened to him, and respected him as a teacher, which is pretty wow. incredible. Um, I also was um, teaching a uh, uh, a colonel in the Kurdish army who is a woman. She's actually the the commander of all the women Peshmerga in uh, of Kurdistan. Mm-hmm. And on her staff, her personal translator and her personal assistant is a Arab uh, Iraqi. And just that that level of forgiveness and just willing to kind of like we'll we'll get beyond this and we're going to build like a, you know a new republic. Yeah. That's the kind of things that like makes me wow. just absolutely love the Kurds. Like it is it, it yeah. is so hard to explain how long the middle Middle Easterners hold on to grudges and the fact that the Kurds and the oh, same the generation yeah. that was hurt is willing to forgive and um. Where where do you think that comes from? What is the difference there that you know what what separates the Kurds from every other Arab culture there that holds on to to feuds and grudges for so long? Is it what what's that influence that has made them different that way? I do I don't know. I, I I was there for two years and I was that's definitely not enough time for me to make like a, a even like a broad brushstroke hmm. judgment call on that. All I all I know is that when I was there, I just constantly impressed by how kind they were, um, and just completely unique. Like I I was there um, for the express purpose of sharing my faith as a Christian. Like that's that's why I I go over there and I help. That that's always been number one agenda, um, helping mm-hmm. people with physical problems so that I can share my faith. And they were 100 percent okay with that. Um, they wow. never threatened me, never said you can't say this. Um, and so my personal experience has been that is tolerance, really love, and acceptance. Did you did you get to have a, a, a lot of really good conversations about? Christianity about Jesus while you were there? Um, I had some amazing conversations. Um, I I don't know what kind of legacy I left behind. Um, I hope it was something that is still <laughs> influencing them today. Uh, I know I'm still in you'll, contact. You'll find out someday. I, That's what's I'll cool find out about one it. day I'm still in contact with many of them and just uh, <laughs> other my friends. Um, the first thing I'm going to do is when, hmm. when you push the, uh, put the podcast out is um, I'll make sure that they listen to it and say, hey, I'm speaking out for you. Uh, you're, my, you're still my friends. <laughs> um, I had, I had Good. two, um, two, uh, imams, um, uh, in one of my classes and, uh, the Muslim, uh, religious teachers, and they were kind to me and listened to me and, uh, were respectful. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's hard to wow. describe how amazing they are. So, um, speaking, uh, for the, you know, the church here in America, uh, what, what can we be doing? How can we be praying um, for for these people? Um, so my prayer has been just for peace and safety um, for my friends, uh, which are not directly in the, the line of fire in Syria. But uh, I, I know this conflict can very easily leak over into the Kurdish territory in Iraq. Um, but what Christians can do today is uh, uh, I'm not a political influencer but i mean if there is petitions out there to sign if there's uh politicians to speak to and say this is wrong speak up do that uh if you want to have like direct 
um, monetary influence in what's happening. Uh, I just did a some research and these are three organizations that are Christian. I've worked with some other people personally and I know and I respect them. Um, they're actually going to be or all already in Syria helping the, the, the Kurdish Syrians. Um, one of them is Preemptive Love. They're a pretty crazy organization that always goes, like if you look up their website, they're in every, particularly every conflict zone in the world. Um, okay, and I will. I'll make sure and get these links, and I'll, yeah. I'll put them in the show notes as well, so people can follow up on. Yeah, them. so preemptive love is um, one of them. Um, Med Air is another, uh, and then Samaritan's Purse, and so those are three three organizations that I've either worked with people in them personally, or have had uh, um, known the organization, can respect and know what they do. Um, because as a Christian, uh, when I give money, I want to make sure it actually goes to the people I want to help. And I'd also like the mm. my money to be able to be used in a way that would uh, further the gospel as well. Mm-hmm. So those three I would highly yeah. recommend. Amen. Okay. Yep. I'll make sure and get the links there um, and uh, and add those to the podcast. Um, uh, well, cool. Um, Mark, I... I really appreciate it. This has really been good. I've got a couple follow-up questions for you, but yeah. um, before that, any any final words uh, you'd like to say to people um, in northern Iraq, yeah, the Kurds uh, that might be listening? Um, well, if any of the Kurds are able to listen to this podcast, I, I hope I have represented them well. I hope I represented you well, and I hope that what I say will of make a difference. Um, I really do want it to because I feel very, very strongly that um, the American position in in Syria has been uh, done wrongly by our president, and so I, I hope that it can be hmm. somehow rectified in some way. Um, I hope that uh, what, the, what the Turks are doing can be stopped, and that the of uh, the the Kurdish people there uh, will find peace for themselves. Um, very soon before 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 another mm. generation is uh, killed and hurt beyond uh, beyond hell. Well, Mark, I I'll, speaking for myself and my family here. We will certainly be joining you um, and and your family in prayer for the Kurds and uh, and and encouraging everyone we come in contact with to do that as well. Um, so I really really appreciate the. The perspective and uh, the the knowledge. I, I think a lot of people are confused by it, and and of course, our 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 first instinct is to, you know, uh, side with our favored politician, whoever that might be. Right. Um, and uh, sometimes, you know, you you have to just acknowledge that there are some things that transcend um, these political squabbles, and and Absolutely, Christians yes. need to. Yeah, that's that's the beauty of Christianity is is it doesn't fit neatly into one side or the other, does it? It's uh, uh, Jesus, you know, being full of grace and truth transcends those those political lines and and uh, calls the church to to be his hands and feet. So yeah. I'm, I I hope uh, and and my prayer is that that people listening to this would uh, would take the the time to learn more and and do something as well. So yeah, um, awesome, cool man, this is good. I am. I'm very excited about this. I just. I, I love the the opportunity to be able to do something. But racking my mind, like I. I want to. I want to say something. <laughs> do something to help. And this is a really cool opportunity. Well, so tell me a little bit about Macari Design. So for anyone listening, uh, Macari is. Well, it's for one. It's my wife's obsession because <laughs> she. 
She dreams night and day about having one of those beautiful farmhouse tables that you make. Um, and so <laughs> I keep telling her, maybe next year, maybe next year. <laughs> but they are, it re- you really do uh, just absolutely gorgeous work. So tell me a little bit about Macari and, and why you started it and, and uh, kind of what your vision is for it. Okay. Uh, Macari Designs is uh, the, the business that Kristen and I started together. Um, when we returned from Iraq, we needed some downtime to rest, uh, spend time with family, and uh, Kristen was working on her master's degree. So kind of looked at some different options, and we decided that we did not want to stop uh, our, our lifelong mission of helping underprivileged people. And so tying myself down to a job where I um, could not uh, you know, travel uh, which is kind of something I did not want to do. So we decided to start our own company. This is not, it's not a, it's not a nonprofit company. It's for profit. I hope I'm wildly successful with it. But <laughs> the course. point of it was that I, whenever, whenever we had the opportunity to go and help people, we could. And, um, so mm. that's what we've been doing is, uh, building our company, build furniture, taught myself on YouTube. Actually, the company started in Iraq. You uh, actually taught yourself how to do this stuff on YouTube? Yeah. I, 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 when we were going That's to Iraq, amazing. I was like, I, I need something to kind of do like with my hands because I, I love working with my hands and I need yeah, yeah. like a hobby. So I, I bought a 50-pound suitcase uh, uh, full of hand tools and I took it with Iraq and I taught myself to woodwork uh, on <laughs> YouTube. And when I came back, I was like, this is really fun. I can do this full time. And so that's what we started. That's cool. Um, and now um, we both have the opportunity to be able to travel. Um, I'm going to Ethiopia next week uh, to uh, hopefully be helpful <laughs> there. And Kristen has um, yeah. also been able to find uh, different ways to travel and uh, help. And so that's kind of the, the whole the vision behind our company is that I don't know how long it will continue, hopefully long enough to get you one of yours, uh, one of those tables. But it will, <laughs> it, you know, it'll, it'll, right. it'll allow us to be able to help people. Um, give you the freedom to 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 do your life's work that's awesome mark okay so where where can you find makari designs Uh, makari designs you can find our facebook page where we're most active and look up um all the different stuff that we do um you can see our website makari designs.com and uh find us there and you know if you are, are interested in any type of um custom work that's where i excel and i try to build um, using that, uh, that, uh, knowledge I learned in Iraq, I actually build using traditional techniques. And so all my furniture is built. From what I understand, you do, you don't use like, uh, screws and fasteners, yeah. right? It's all like, uh, yeah, it, do, it, do you use glue or is it all? Oh uh, yeah. So it, it was kind of an obsession at first is to teach myself traditional joinery, um, that does not okay. use, mostly does not use screws and nails. It just uses joints with glue. And so after I learned wow. it, it, not only was it fun, but it turned out that it, it's also a really strong and beautiful, has lots of different beautiful techniques. Uh, so that's how I build my furniture oh, yeah. now. That's really cool. Well, I'll, I'll be sure to link that as well yeah. um, in the show notes so people can find it. Um, but Mark, man, thanks a lot, brother. Really appreciate you and uh, the conversation and the work you do. And uh, hopefully get one of those tables yeah. in the next few <laughs> years. <laughs> I hope so. All right, man. Thanks a lot. You're welcome. (laughs) 
that was my discussion with Mark Studdard of Macari Designs about uh, the situation with the Kurds. I, I learned a lot. I really enjoyed the conversation uh, and hope you did too. So thank you for listening along. And uh, be sure to check out Mark Studdard and Macari Designs on his Facebook, on his website. Uh, give them some support. Uh, their products are awesome, but uh, if you support them, you buy their products, that enables him to go do the awesome work that he does around the world. So be sure to check that out. I did uh, leave links in the show notes for you. Um, in addition to that, uh, the ministries that he mentioned, uh, Preemptive Love, Med Air, and Samaritan's Purse, I left show notes or I left links in the show notes for those as well. So um, thanks for listening. This has been the Petty Profit Podcast. I am Joel Berry. And we will talk to you tomorrow. Thanks a lot. Bye.